Welcome to Heaven Smells Like Books, a book review podcast. Hello. Hi, it's me again. I know this is the 1st of May, at least I'm hoping that I release the episode as soon as I record and edit it. So yeah, I know it's the 1st of May, but I want us all to pretend that I released this episode in April. And so technically I haven't missed a month yet, ever since I got back into this. I really wanted to record and release this in April, and I was going to record it on the 30th of April, but things got busy and I didn't get around to it, so I'm here on my sofa this time, not in bed. And it's a bank holiday Monday, it is around 8.30 and I am about to record this instead of (laughs) prepping for work tomorrow. But anyway, welcome back. Today I am going to be talking about another Toni Morrison book. If this is your first episode, hi, welcome. This year I am reading only Toni Morrison fictions. And I'm reading them in the chronological order. There are a couple or few books I read, you know, some years back, so I'm not repeating those. But uh, today we're going to be talking about recitative. You know, recitative. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but yeah. This book is actually a short story. And I did not actually know that Tony Morrison wrote short stories but that makes sense I think most writers do uh yeah so we're going to be talking about that actually when I picked up the book because it's a short story I was sort of skeptical about whether or not I would I would be able to get any content from it as in would there be enough to talk about because it's a short story and boy let me tell you There is so much to analyse that I genuinely think you can spend weeks doing research, trying to find, I don't know, interviews or whatever that Tony did just to try and answer the questions that this story asks. But anyway, let's get into it. So as usual, I picked this book up without reading what it's about. Again, if you knew this is something I do, I just pick up books. I don't <laughs> I don't try and find out what they're about. I just sort of go with the flow. I like to be surprised. Um, so yeah, I picked it up, didn't know what it was about, and then I finished it and I thought, okay, good story. Kind of standard, you know, white girl um who is friends with a black girl shows her true colours and biases when, you know, shit hits the fan. Um but I also thought it showed, as in the story, showed how bonds can be complex and how it's possible to have a connection with someone or something and that person can be problematic or not an ideal person to have a good relationship with and all that. So I thought that and I was about to drop the whole thing and then I read the back of the book, which I actually genuinely never do this. Even after I'm done reading the book, I just, I'm like, if I finish reading the book, what is the point of reading the back? I already know what happened. Anyway, 
Then I got to the back of the book and I read it and it said, Morrison never tells us who's the white one or who's the black one. And I thought, "Mm, nope, hold up. Wait a minute. Let's take a couple steps back. And I read that and it made me think about the entire book again and made me realize that truly, truly, there was no part in the book that Toni Morrison said this character is the white one and this character is the black one. She just said that they were of different races. She never actually said which one was of which race. And I was so convinced when I first read the book, I was so convinced that Twyla was the black one. So the book is narrated by Twyla. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And it's about her and her... I guess journey through life but mainly focusing on a connection or relationship with another girl called Roberta. So Twyla and Roberta met at a gosh I can't remember what they're called now but basically homes where children who don't have parents or family members that are suitable enough to take care of them uh the homes that they stay in um yeah, so that was how they met. And they were they were kids as well. And yeah, so we met those two girls. They're in that home. Um, and then they both eventually leave the home, but at different times. But we mainly follow Twyla. Like I said, she's a narrator. And yeah, like I was just so convinced that Twyla was the black one in the story and it didn't even occur to me that that was just my assumption and not something that was actually written in the book like there was no question in my mind up until the moment where I read the back of the book there was no question that Twyla was the black one and Roberta was the white one and I just thought that it was the obvious deduction I've also noticed that I always immediately assume that the protagonist or the narrator in a book or story is black, especially, mostly actually, when the author or writer is also black. I think I talked about this a bit when I reviewed Sula, because I I think I assumed that the first narrator that we had was a black person, but then in the foreword, Tony said... Or implied that it was a white person and that also made me think about how I'm just constantly assuming <laughs> that the main character is black unless it's stated otherwise anyway yeah but I guess this is what happens when you only read or when you mostly read books by black black writers for an extended period of time so one of my notes from the first time I read the story it was actually that I think the book is meant to make us think about how they kind of started at the same place, Twyla and Roberta, that is. Um, you know, they were, they obviously didn't have family to care for them or family that could care for them in the way that was legally required. And so that was why they were in that home. And so I felt like the story was talking about how they started at the same point or place but had very different trajectories and that some of that was due to racial privileges that Roberta had because Roberta eventually got married to 
a really wealthy guy and you know living her middle class life or whatever and so I again just assumed I mean I when I first read it I, I didn't even know I was assuming the races it just sort of checked that the person I was assuming was white was the one that ended up in a quote-unquote better economic position but finding out that we don't know like we don't actually know which one of them is black or white that kind of throws that theory on its head you know anyway once I realized that Morrison didn't actually tell us who was white and who was black I read the entire story again and this time I swapped the characters in my head so because when I first went the so because the first time I read it I just thought why that was black so I read the entire story from that perspective so when I went back the second time I made sure that in my head I was saying to myself that Twilight is the right is the white one just to see if the story worked that way uh yeah so a few things I noted from reading it a second time so starting from the beginning where Twilight says that her mother wouldn't like that she was roomed with a girl of a different race so when they both arrive at you know that home they were put in a room together and like I said Twyla expressed that her mother would not like that I immediately was like oh of course her mother is a actually no that's not true um her mother something Twyla said that her mother also told her was that they as in the that the other race that they don't wash their hair and they smell funny. So reading it the second time, I thought, okay, I see why a white mother at that time in America. I see why a white mother would have told her child that black people don't shower or wash their hair and that black people stink. So from that point, I could sort of see how Twilight could be the white one instead of being the black one. But the first time I read it, I was reading it in the context of now. Now as in today. And honestly, this really goes to show how important context is to every story. Because I was thinking in the context of now where there are jokes about how how white people have bad personal hygiene and how they don't wash their legs and how they only shower a couple days a week and whatnot so in my head it checked but again I was missing the context that this book wasn't written in 2020 something it also isn't set in 2020 something right um and so it's possible that those stereotypes did not exist about white people back then and that it was the other way around another thing so after they both left the home, at this point they're both grown-ups, they ran into each other at a restaurant where Twyla worked. On first read, I still thought Twyla was the black one. So Roberta walks into the restaurant with some friends and they're supposedly going to see Jimi Hendrix. And Twyla had no idea who he was when Roberta mentioned him. Bear in mind that at that time, when I read the first time, I was still assuming that Twilight was a black one. But on second read, thinking about how Jimi Hendrix was a black man, 
doesn't it make more sense that the person who knew about him was the black one? Because when I first read it, I was like, oh, strange that this black girl does not know this black artist who a lot of, I believe, Americans consider iconic. But I just thought, whatever, maybe she's not into music. Again, because I did not realise that there was any question about the fact that Twilight was black. But reading it the second time, I thought, you know, this could check as Roberta being the black one because she's the one that knows him. Also, in that part of the book, Roberta was described as having big hair. Also, remember that Twilight is the one I'm rating, and so I see why a white girl would say a black girl has big hair. Especially because I'm assuming she had her afro out, you know? And then they met again a third time at a supermarket um, years later, once again. And Twyla was the one who seemed to think black people and white people got along well back then. Because so when they met at the restaurant, Roberta kind of acted like standoffish and not really welcoming when Twyla went to say hi to her. And Twyla was expecting something like a different reaction because obviously they hadn't seen each other since they were kids in that home. And so when they met again at the supermarket a few years later, Twyla confronted her about that. And Roberta said that, you know, back then things were awkward with black and white people. Um, And Twyla was saying to herself that she thought black and white people got along back then. And so I thought, you know, maybe that also checks that she's the white one. Because on the first read, I just thought that Twyla was a bit ditzy and slow and naive, but still black. But I just thought maybe she was slow and naive. And so she didn't realize that there was racial tension. Um, But reading her as a white girl, it's possible that she was just completely oblivious to it. You know, the same way men nowadays also seem to struggle to realize and accept the fact that sexual or gender-based violence against women is a huge thing, you know? Also, Twyla said the word blacks, as in she referred to black people as blacks, which is something white people say. But that's me once again thinking in the context of now, as in nowadays, like, I don't hear black people saying blacks unless they're being... Unless they're, like, joking or being, what's the word? Is sarcastic the word? Um, But white people tend to use that word more seriously instead of just saying black people. I also think there was a point where Twyla said something to the tone of them, as in the other race, them, always having things work out for them. Which, to me, is something I think a black woman would say about white people. So that kind of confused me because I was then like, you know, if she's a white person, why would a white person think that when clearly black people don't have... Black people in America back then, like, things weren't just working out for them (laughs) willy-nilly. And then for the school integration part, I'm actually not sure who was white and who was black in that part when I read it the second time because it wasn't clear. I assumed it initially that it was the white mothers who kicked off the protest against integration of the schools in the book 
But now, I'm actually not sure because maybe the black mothers also didn't want it. I'm going to have to do some more digging on how the whole school integration thing went and how black mothers and black parents felt about it at the time. Twyla also said something about all the schools being dumps. As in, all the schools are bad anyway. So, like, what does it matter if one school looks nicer than the other? And again, that's something that either race could have said if the said person, if like, if the person saying it was not interested, which it didn't seem like Twyla was interested in the whole integration thing up until she saw Roberta protesting. And then that pissed her off. And then she decided that she was going to be a part of the protest. Um, yeah. Another thing that made it hard to figure out who was black is that Twilight thought Roberta's mother, Roberta's mother was huge and compared her to a man. And that made me, when I was doing the second time, it made me think about how black women are often seen as more masculine than feminine and that whole problematic thing. And so I thought, you know, this part also checks if Twilight is actually the white one. Um, yeah, so I also initially thought that Roberta being white checked because she was the one that ended up moving up an economic class and that's a story that's often told in books and that's what I'm used to reading about but it doesn't mean that there weren't exceptions to that rule, you know? And this story and the way, you know, the whole thing about the book is that we don't know for sure who's white or black. It really made me think about that. Um, yeah. So anyway, in summary, a short story has never had me analysing things like this. They hardly ever even have things to analyse. The story is never rich enough, but this one certainly was. And I still wonder, I finished reading this book weeks ago, and I still sometimes find myself wondering if my initial assumption was right. And it's such an interesting concept, this whole, I'm going to, this whole book about two women were clearly of different races, and race is an important context in the book, but we don't know which is of what race. It's such an interesting concept, and Toni Morrison apparently called the story an experiment, an experiment in the removal of racial codes from a narrative about two characters of different races for whom racial identity is crucial. And I think she did an amazing job at this experiment. So Zadie Smith wrote the foreword for this and she referenced Toni Morris's intentionality and her writing as a combination of both poetic form and scientific method. And I couldn't agree more. And I think I talked about that a bit in my review of Sula, or maybe it was Tar Baby, about how every single thing she writes feels intentional. It doesn't, no sentence feel like they're just there to hit a word counts target or something. Her books read and feel like every single word was chosen for a reason. And so, yeah, I completely agreed with that. Um, It also made me think about how to write a story like this. You really have to be truly intentional. 
and there definitely has to be a scientific method about writing a book where race, once again, is a crucial theme, but not confirming which character is of what race, and writing it in such a way that it is, writing in such a way that people spend so much time trying to figure out who is truly black and who is truly white. You can't tell me that that is not a technical skill or ability or like it it definitely has there's a science to this is what I'm saying and I've said previously about Toni Morrison's writing that it's so beautiful but yet like there's like the technical part of it as well is ever present um yeah so all in all this story is definitely worth a read and only Toni Morrison could ever find a way to write a short story that can't be analysed forever. The book really made me think about all the assumptions that I make about race and the different ways that I generalise and how I attribute certain behaviours to a specific group of people. And that includes not, and I don't mean just with race, I mean with gender, with sexuality, with religion, all these, you know, different groups that we have or that we've created as humans. And it's even more interesting as in this story because we'll never actually know the answer. You know, I even wonder if Tony knew the answer. Like, I wonder if when she started writing it, if she attributed a race to anyone or if she just wrote it and before she started putting pen down on a paper she had taken the race out or if she wrote the entire story with it while in her head saying this is the black one and then after writing it went through it again to make sure that there was no way to tell for sure there was no way for other people to tell you know so I wonder if this question of who was the black one or was the white one, I wonder if an answer actually exists. <laughs> um, yeah, but we'll never know the answer. We're never going to know for sure if Twilight was the black one or the white one. And I think it's such a brilliant concept and a great, amazing way to get readers to think and question. And I felt like the story was holding a mirror to my face and making me think about myself because my initial interpretation of this is a reflection of me not really the story of the writer it's a reflection of me and yeah the book really made me think about why I make those assumptions in the first place so yeah I think that's all I have this is probably the shortest episode I've ever done actually I think I have one episode that was 18 minutes looking that was a collection of short stories um but yeah that's it if you've read this book I would love to discuss so um yeah you can email me I think I have my email in my account info or you can send me an instagram message at heaven smells like books I am currently reading beloved also by Tony Morrison obviously And hopefully I finish reading that in time to record 
and release another episode in May. Well, not another episode because we're still pretending this episode was released in April. But yeah, thank you for listening and I will hopefully see you or you'll hopefully listen to me again in a few weeks. So yeah, bye.